Welcome to the World of Wishes. I'm Make Wish Southern Florida's Chief Operating Officer, Richard Kelly. In today's episode, we speak with Wish Mom Stephanie LaDuff, whose daughter Libby went to Walt Disney World Resort earlier this year. Stephanie talked about how the Wish was a victory lap for their family and for her daughter, who overcame two tough battles with a rare childhood cancer, Wilms tumor. Throughout the episode, Stephanie talks about their family's experience at Give Kids the World Village, an 89-acre resort in Kissimmee, just outside of Orlando, who has partnered with Make-A-Wish chapters all across the world to enhance the Disney experience and to provide special and memorable experiences of their own. For more information on the village, visit gktw.org. And I'm excited to have Stephanie LaDuff with us. Uh, Stephanie's daughter, uh, Libby, had her wish granted and uh, to go to Disney World. And uh, they have a very interesting uh, family story, family dynamic story, and I'm excited to talk to her. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Uh, first, tell us about Libby. Um, tell us about Libby and your family and uh, give us a little bit of an insight into who she is and what she's all about. Yeah, so Libby is four and a half years old now. She does have a little sister named Ellie. She's two and a half, so they're two little peas in a pod. Libby's personality is um, a beautiful personality. Actually, yesterday when I picked her up at school, her teacher said, you know, there's just a void here on days that she misses school. She just lights up the classroom and everyone loves her energy. She's very smart. She'll be starting pre-K in August, so time flies, just as they say it does. And she's just very caring. She's a very empathetic little girl, and I'm sure that that's because of you know her, her journey and the things that she's been through the past few years. And she has a little sister, mm-hmm. Ellie. And Ellie. then, so tell us about Ellie. Yeah, Ellie is our firecracker. She has a very fierce personality. Um, she adores her sister, so everything that Libby does, Ellie wants to do. Um, she, honestly, one of the the biggest changes for Ellie, I think positive changes of Libby coming off treatment was having her sister with her every day. There was definitely a void there for Ellie for a long time. And now that she has Libby to herself every day, she takes full advantage of it. Awesome. So let's talk about Libby's medical journey. Uh, you know, so she was a normal toddler mm-hmm. and then your husband noticed something was not right with her. And uh, so talk about that if you could. Yeah, so I remember the night vividly. We had just enrolled Libby in Mommy and Me Gymnastics. So we'd been at gymnastics for the evening, and when we came home, we gave her a bath, and she was laying on her changing table, and I was putting lotion on her as I was getting ready to put her pajamas on, and her dad was standing at an angle at the bottom of the changing table where all of a sudden, you know, he had a... a reaction, um, wondering, what is this? And it was a lump. He found a pretty large lump on her right side. I had not noticed it prior to that, but as soon as I saw it, I could not unsee it. It was rather large. So we immediately called our pediatrician, and we sent her photographs as well. And as soon as she saw the picture, she said, I I need to see you first thing in the morning. So that made for a long night. We tried not to panic, but We knew something wasn't right. We just didn't know what it was. So we rushed into the pediatrician's office first thing in the morning and immediately laid Libby down on the table. She examined her, and um, you could tell by the, the demeanor in the pediatrician that something was definitely wrong. 
She called over to Golisano's Children's Hospital and requested a stat ultrasound, immediately sent us there. And I remember she sent me a message, a text message, as we were driving to the hospital and said, Mom, whatever this is, we're going to get through this together. So again, I, I knew I knew something was very off. We arrived at the hospital and they took her back for the ultrasound. They had us wait in the hall for a few minutes. And when the ultrasound tech came out after meeting with the, the radiologist, um, she said, do you have your phone? Make sure you have your phone ready because your pediatrician is going to be calling you. And that moment the phone rang. And when, when I answered, she asked me to put the phone on speaker so that Chris could also hear. Chris is my husband, so he could also hear what she was about to say. And my pediatrician immediately broke down into tears and then shared with us that Libby had what was known as a Wilms tumor on her kidney. She further went on to tell us that she'd already talked to oncology and they were awaiting our arrival upstairs and that Libby would be immediately admitted to the hospital. And you knew nothing about Wilms tumor at the time. I mean, you're oh. educated people in, in the medical field, but you knew nothing about Wilms tumor. So how quickly did you get an education on that? Yeah, I mean, we had never heard of it. And as soon as we went upstairs and met with the oncologist, um, he he also you know said that he believed it was Wilms. Obviously, pathology reports would then confirm Wilms and which type of Wilms, but he went on to explain it was a very very rare childhood cancer, usually diagnosed in children between the ages of two and five years old. And um, she was his first case, actually. So there was a lot of things that we didn't know. I, I think for me, looking back, you know, a, a piece, if you will, that I was disconnected from, I was so focused on the cancer itself and what type of cancer it, it it was and where the tumor was and what surgery and treatment would look like that I didn't realize Libby was in kidney failure. So the tumor had basically consumed her whole entire right kidney. And not only did the tumor have to be removed, but she would have to re get to have that kidney removed as well. And how, how scary is, is all of that, you know, for you, it seems like, you know, I'm, we know now that Wilms tumor is a very aggressive cancer. It, it grows very quickly. Um, you know, this, that must seem like your timeline was really sped up. Uh, here. It was, things were happening very quickly within hours. You know, there were a combination of surgeons, oncologists, um, urologists, all in the room looking at her CT scans together, you know, deciding on the best surgery options for her. So it was very overwhelming, but the mood was also very optimistic. So initially, Libby's prognosis was very favorable. They were very confident that with surgery, removal of the tumor and the kidney um, and some outpatient chemotherapy that, you know, her, her chance of relapse would be very low and so she had she had the procedure and she had that treatment but that wasn't the end of it no no unfortunately it, it was not we went through six months of outpatient chemotherapy and by all means it it wasn't easy but it was outpatient um, the treatments weren't that aggressive or strong so she did have minimal side effects she did not even lose all of her hair the first time around and I was navigating the rest of my pregnancy with her sister. So 
things were quickly coming to what we thought were a close. I was about to have her sister, her treatment would be ending, um, and we were ready to, to celebrate and move on. And only six weeks after Libby finished her first round of chemotherapy, on the day that she was set to ring her bell and celebrate the end of treatment, they actually found that she had relapsed. She relapsed quickly and she relapsed aggressively. This time the tumor was much larger than it was the first. And within hours, life changed very, very dramatically. I cannot imagine the emotion that that goes along with that when you think you're in the clear and then you get this, you know, the, the stomach punch that says you're not in the clear. And in many ways, it was worse. Yes, it was much worse to see the look on all of the doctors' faces that day and in those days to come was a very different mood than her initial diagnosis. Um, this time, we weren't talking much about prognosis, and if we were, it, it was not a welcomed conversation. The current state was, let's focus day by day, let's be aggressive, and let's do what we can, and let's figure this out. And aggressive, or you know, relapse treatment is aggressive. It's aggressive, it's scary, it's strong, and for many days, I was terrified of, of what that journey was going to look like as we awaited, you know, that treatment starting, as we awaited updated pathology reports. And things, again, when we thought they couldn't get any worse, quickly took a very bad turn. And for anybody that's ever had a two-year-old and uh, can just only imagine how scary, emotional all of this is for you for your husband, for, you know, for you and your pregnancy state, you know, all of this, you know, um, so it's, so, and eventually made it out of the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, so talk about that, talk about, you know, going toward the, the bright light of, you know, overcoming this treatment working and Libby starting to feel better. Yeah. So it, it, as you start to navigate through that journey, right? Um, it's, it's tough, but you do. You, you take it one day at a time. Some days it's hours at a time. But as time goes on and as you navigate through each cycle of chemotherapy, each you know day of radiation, you start to see the finish line. And what kept that finish line so prominent for us was Libby's spirit. Libby remained happy and optimistic. It was it was astounding to see how resilient she was and how well she handled treatment, even on her toughest of days, days that she couldn't even get out of bed. She didn't have the energy to play. She didn't want to eat. She still was happy. She had a smile on her face and she would watch her movies in the hospital bed and sing songs. And all she wanted was someone there with her. And then uh, she, she finishes treatment. Um, you have her sister. And um, so tell us what the, the post-treatment like is, uh, life was like before her wish. Oh, it was amazing. So something, again, that we had dreamed about for a really long time. And I'll never forget the day that I officially unpacked our car from all of the bags and the necessities that we needed on a regular basis for frequent hospital admissions and um, numerous, you know, 
nights in a row stayed in the hospital and um, that was a big milestone being able to come home unpack the car put all of the pillows and blankets and all the bags that, that we had packed for Libby for for you know those days and to know that we're home now and home means that we all get to be together because for a very long time we weren't together my husband worked throughout her relapse i had to take time off from work on family medical leave but a majority of my time was spent at the hospital with libby so my mom was here caring for the baby so to all be together again just physically being able to be present in our house together was a wonderful feeling we've talked about family dynamic and and i think that's one of the more underappreciated or underrated parts of dealing with a child with an illness that is either in the hospital or in treatment, how it really disrupts what is a normal family life. Um, can you talk a little bit about that family dynamic and the disruption that uh, dealing with you know, Libby in the hospital and everything else you have going on can be? Yeah, it was a huge disruption. And for us, it was also in the midst of COVID. So we had to deal with a lot of restrictions at the hospital in terms of visitors and number of people that could be there. We couldn't get that help from, you know, friends and family that wanted to come and fill in for a few hours so that I could squeeze in more time with the baby or go home and take a shower. So it was really just my husband and I. And since he was working, he would work all day. He would come home in the evenings. He'd get to see the baby for a little bit and then would rush to the hospital to relieve me for the night. And he would spend the night with Libby. But by the time I got home, most of the time the baby was already asleep and I would have to leave so early to go back to the hospital for my husband to be at work that I also wouldn't get to spend time with the baby in the morning. So not only was I away from from a newborn, right, my newborn baby on a regular basis, my husband and I, our only time spent together was that quick 10 or 20 minutes during shift changes. Um, so it's very difficult and becomes your normal, and that's a really scary normal to have. It sure is. And then, uh, so Libby's uh, three years old, Make Wish comes into your life. Yeah. And uh, tell us about that. So Libby was admitted for one of her inpatient chemotherapy cycles for her third birthday. So we arrived that day, and they had her room all decorated. And she was very excited about that. She even had some gifts to open. But the best gift came a little bit later that day when Child Life came in to wish happy Libby a happy birthday. And they looked at me and said, guess what, mom? She's eligible for her wish now. It's, it's make-a-wish time. And I had never even thought about it. And we were so close to the end of treatment. So in my mind, immediately I thought, victory lap. This is going to be Libby's victory lap. And we didn't waste any time. We immediately started the process to apply for her wish and um, started to meet with um, the wish coordinators and grantors. And we got to go on our trip just a few months, or I'm sorry, nine months after mm -hmm. Libby finished treatment. And it was, it was, it was a victory lap, not only for Libby, but for the whole family. When you hear the words, or heard the words make wish uh, coming in to, you know, this, this room, what was your initial reaction to that? I mean, because there are, are people that believe that, you know, that, uh, you know, make wish coming into their lives is, is something that might be negative or that might yeah. be something that's, that's scary, or, you know, maybe this is a, maybe this is a third bout, you know? So do you remember what that was like? I, I, I do remember having that thought because I didn't know much about make a wish and, 
there was a part of me that, you know, perhaps had the perception that Make-A-Wish was reserved for terminal situations. Um, I did ask some questions that day to child life and, you know, they shared, oh no, you know, Make-A-Wish is, it's to reward Libby for everything that she's been through and to bring some joy to her, you know, throughout this battle that she's had. And that made me really excited. And and maybe that's why I'd never had thought about Make-A-Wish is I didn't want to think about it because again, I thought it was reserved for those, those unfortunate um, outcome situations. And that wasn't the case at all. And it was, it became a celebration, um, even working with everyone that was involved in her process, you know, working with you guys, working with her wish granters, man, it was, it was fun. It was exciting. Everybody was happy. And it was like, we were all planning the party of a lifetime. Yeah. There's a, a, you know, make wish has a great support system of people that work behind the scenes to make wishes happen. The the, the child life at Golisano, the two wish granters, Aaron and Amy, who were, working on Libby's wish and working with you guys to, to have it granted. So let's fast forward to, uh, to going to Disney world, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, so you have, uh, you know, you have it all planned out. You know what you want to do. You guys have never been before, but Libby is, uh, very much a Disney plus person, mm-hmm. right? She's <laughs> got all plus. the, the Disney yes. plus and all the frozen and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know she has Disney coursing through her, her veins, but you'd never been before. Um, so you didn't really know what to expect, but what was that like? Put us in, put us in, you know, day one heading over to Orlando. So, you know, day one was really special because we didn't even go to Disney on day one. We drove to Orlando and we checked in at Give Kids the World Village. And that alone was mind blowing. I'd never even heard of the village I mean, the whole, the whole world should know about the village because it's such an amazing, special place. And we were greeted with open arms there um, to see how much they go out to accommodate the families and make your whole experience in Orlando, no matter where you're going and what parks you're visiting, um, it was was amazing. The, it's huge. There was so much just to do there. The girls had the best time running around the village getting ice cream and riding the rides. Um, so our first day was super special at the village, but then when we woke up the next morning and put the girls in the car early to head over to the park, wow, I have pictures of Libby's face as we're going underneath the first set Mm -hmm. of welcome to Walt Disney world signs. And when she realized it was real and she was really going to what she calls Disney plus, um, the facial expressions and the constant oh my goodness, are just locked into my memory forever. Yeah. So, um, and I know that uh, Frozen played a part in it. And I know you you and Chris both have talked about the fireworks, fireworks that you experienced. And I know that you had an emotional moment when uh, those fireworks were going and you see Libby and you see Chris and, you know, and then, you know, you're thinking about treatment and you're thinking about all of these things that have happened to you, but now are happening to you. Yeah. Can you talk about those emotions? Yeah, that was probably one of the most special moments for me. We would, we would always watch Disney movies, you know, the favorites being Frozen and Moana, Tangled, and the music, right? The music in those movies is so special. And Libby knows the words to all of those songs and would put on her princess dresses in the hospital and would sing 
um, child life, the music therapist would come in and she would play those specific songs and sing them to Libby. And in that moment to look up and to see Libby on her dad's shoulders, just singing her heart out and cheering and so happy. It's a moment that we envisioned, right? We talk about manifestation a lot in our family. And as we navigated through treatment and we're in that that day-to-day survival cycle, if you will, manifestation was a huge part of it. We were always trying to manifest what does Libby's future look like? What what do both of our daughters' future looks like? And that is certainly something that we manifested and we talked about. And to see that moment come to life and to know everything that she had endured and most importantly accomplished, um, again, a, a victory lap, if you will, but a, a groundbreaking moment for the family because that's, that's a moment I, at many times was not confident that I would get to see and to see it, to feel it, you know, for it to be that real was pretty emotional. During that, that six day journey there, what were, what were some other moments of emotion for you? So the characters are amazing. And I heard about the character experiences and, you know, the wish kids, they, they really go out of their way to make it special. But again, you just can't be prepared for what that looks like. And there were many, many experiences that we had. Um, You know, one I can share with you is with Anna and Elsa. And the girls got to go in and meet them. And Anna and Elsa probably spent a solid 20 minutes with my daughters. And, you know, they're sisters too. So they talked about the sister dynamic and asked the girls what they like to do as sisters. And they said, we like to play hide and seek. So Anna and Elsa spent the next 20 minutes running around the whole entire house playing hide and seek with the girls. It's a moment they still remember. My daughters, even just last night, ran around the house playing hide and seek, and Libby had to go put on her Elsa dress and pretend that she was Elsa. Mm -hmm. So that was very special. But then there were other moments, you know, when I was with Minnie Mouse, and, you know, Minnie Mouse, she doesn't talk, but the body language, and when it was time for the girls to leave, and they wouldn't leave, they kept wanting to hug her and kiss her, and I would say, come on, guys, like other people are waiting, and characters would just look at you and give you that nod that no it's okay you know don't worry but when we were leaving Minnie Mouse decided to walk my daughters out and held both of their hands walked down the ramp of all the other people waiting to meet Minnie Mouse and in that moment she stopped and turned around and she hugged me and gave me the biggest squeeze and I knew what her squeeze meant I knew she was saying mom mom I see you and I started to cry and I looked over and my husband was tearing up too. And again, there were no words even exchanged, but you could just feel the power of what they were doing. You could just feel how special it was. And we saw that time and time again, you know, throughout the whole week, we saw it in every different park. Um, the, the characters, again, they just, they make those moments special for the wish kids. And you have, uh, it's been, it hasn't been that long since you, mm-hmm. since you went, but, um, what does that, that experience mean to you, mean to you and your family, uh, to have gone through that and then to be on the other side of it? It means the world to us. And I use the expression victory lap earlier. Um, and, and again, that's really what I look at it as, but, you know, I also say that because being on the trip, 
we met a lot of other families and I don't think I was as prepared for that piece. Meeting these other families that, you know, are still in their battle. Um, you know, some of them terminal. And that part for me really stuck because it made me be even more grateful for our circumstance and the way that we were able to go on the wish trip knowing that it is Libby's victory lap and we are just celebrating what she's overcome and most importantly now celebrating you know what her future looks like and I know for other families I mean make a wish is special maybe even more special because for them they're perhaps final memories that are being made and when we were at the village that's when a lot of this started to come to light as we were looking at the itinerary for the week and we saw that one evening they have a Halloween party that includes trick-or-treating and another evening they have a Christmas party and Santa Claus is there and all the elves and the kids get Christmas presents. They have birthday parties and I was a little confused as to why they do that and once I understood why they do that, uh, again, it it just really grounded me and made me recognize how fortunate we are to be on the other side. Speaking of the other side, so we uh, asked you and your family to attend represent Wish Families mm-hmm. at a recent event that we had, of our Wishmakers Party uh, in Naples. And you gave uh, a speech uh, that I want to play in a, in a second um, that was one of the more incredible speeches I've heard a Wish parent give. Uh, extremely emotional, extremely impactful. And I'm going to play it for you, and I want to ask you about it. A cancer diagnosis, a cancer relapse, 27 hospital admissions, two major emergency surgeries, right kidney removal, 19 weeks of initial chemotherapy, 51 additional weeks of strong, aggressive relapse chemotherapy, totaling 66 days of chemotherapy infusions, 12 hours spent on BiPAP in the PICU, four cardiac arrests, four weeks in critical care, intubated, sedated, and paralyzed on a ventilator in the PICU, 150 nights in the hospital, and another 150 plus days spent in the clinic, a total of 40 blood and platelet transfusions, weeks of physical therapy, 20 days of sedation radiation, numerous CT scans, ultrasounds, chest x-rays, echocardiograms, and the list goes on and on. But this is Libby's story. And while, while it's really difficult to share, it just speaks to how special and how important Make-A-Wish is. And here are some numbers that are much easier to listen to. Six days and five nights at Give Kids the World Village, which is one of the most magical places in the world. A fourth birthday celebration for Libby and a second birthday celebration for her little sister, Ellie. Over 40 hours at the parks, and I don't even want to know how many miles. (laughs) 30 character greetings with special access, dozens of rides, hundreds of pictures, thousands of smiles and laughter, an infinity of memories, 
and a 20-minute fireworks show to end each night that included many songs I would sing to Libby in her hospital bed while she watched her favorite Disney princesses, missing her baby sister who was at home watching those same movies. In those moments, it was clear. And at last, I see the light, and it's like the fog has lifted. And at last, I see the light, it's like the sky is new. It's warm and real and bright, and the world has somehow shifted. All at once, everything looks different now that I see you. Wishmakers, you are all part of the magic, and that magic has such a profound impact on wish kids and their families. And we thank you so much for letting Libby wish upon a star. Thank you. Again, an amazing, an amazing speech, uh, an amazing representation of what you, you and your family and your daughter have been through. What was it like putting that speech together and delivering it? Honestly, it came together pretty naturally. So I started journaling early on in Libby's journey, and it was very therapeutic for me. But outside of you know journaling what I was feeling on an emotional level, I started to really hone in on, on the facts of what was happening and numbers. And doing that helped me be more prepared week to week and cycle to cycle, having at least some level of expectations, right, as to what was going to happen when she received certain chemo agents and how quickly she would get rehospitalized and how long she'd be there. All of these things really helped me maximize, if you will, the, the time that we could be together as a family. And as time went on, you know, the numbers grew, right? So it's crazy to hear that number of platelet transfusions and blood transfusions. And again, these were all things that I never even thought about when my daughter was diagnosed with cancer. You don't realize that that becomes a fundamental part of the journey. But again, we, we've talked a lot about manifestation. And that was very, very important, a really important part of the journey for my husband and I. So as I would get wrapped up in those numbers, I would also realize that, look, when Libby comes out on the other side, there's going to be much different numbers in her life, right? And, and they're going to be numbers that, that are fun, positive things that she's doing and ways that maybe she's impacting the world. So whenever I sat down to write the speech, you know, it's easy to just sit there and tell everybody about your journey, but there's nothing like the numbers, right? The numbers, the numbers are the facts. And perhaps it was also easier for me to just read those numbers and those facts and know that I could get through the speech verbally. But it just made sense for me then thinking about when I came home and started to journal about the trip, those were the things that I was doing, right? number of character experiences, mapping out. I mean, literally every day I added up the numbers of hours that we spent at the parks. And to be able to see that manifestation come to life in that moment for me, it was pretty powerful. And to know that that's how I'm going to tell Libby's story to this crowd. I'm going to tell the story through the numbers, which, yeah, they're tough to listen to. But now listen to these other numbers because everyone in this room 
you're making that happen for these kids and for these families. And those are the numbers that matter. Those are the numbers that are going to have the long-term impact. When Libby was in the hospital, you know, all of those Disney movies and those songs, for her to then be able to experience that at Disney, she doesn't think of the hospital anymore when she hears those songs and sings those songs. She doesn't think of playing dress up in her hospital room. She now thinks of being at Disney World. And to me, that's the best gift that we can give her because I don't want her to remember a lot of those moments, right? And that define who she is as she grows up. I want her to remember the special parts of the celebration, right? Again, the victory lap. Um, and I think that the trip really helped us accomplish that for her, for our whole family. Um, so that's why I thought it was just made sense to use the numbers to tie it all together. I think your speech uh, uh, brilliantly uh, illustrates sort of a black and white to call, you know, to bright color moment of you know what you were going through and then what you got got to experience and where you are right now you're in a, a color moment looking back on it i know that uh you've told me that uh the the wish the disney plus you know comes up a lot yeah. daily and um you know that that to me is like is is a really cool p uh, part of the the impact of a wish and how often it comes up post wish that it isn't just a trip you go on and then you forget about it weeks or months later that it stays with you forever so what what do you think you know we're a few months post and libby talks about it, it you're going to be talking about five years 10 years 20 years from now you know when libby's an yeah. adult yeah i mean she and she does she talks about it every day so every day before dinner she thanks god for disney plus and for her make-a-wish party the party, she had so much fun, and she wore this beautiful navy blue dress. And if we talk about going to another party, she takes it upon herself to go up in her room and find that blue dress in her closet, and then she'll tell me, Mommy, I'm wearing my make-a-wish or my wish-come-true dress. Um, and it's amazing just how excited she gets about those memories. Plus, she also learned some pretty amazing dance moves that night that have not left either. Um, I catch her on video often breaking down dance moves she learned on the dance floor. But, I mean, it is. It's it's such a special memory. And we'll be going back to Disney, right? We're, we're going to go again. I'm sure she's going to visit there quite a few times, being a little girl that lives in Florida. And I'm sure that the foundation right of of make a wish of what that first trip was for her will be there in every future trip as well what would you say as we wrap up what would you say to those those people uh, the, and i talked about the support system of people who referred libby and the people that are the volunteers the people who underwrote uh, libby's wish you know all of those people that play a part that don't know you but play a part in you know, creating this lifetime memory, yeah. this lifetime impactful memory. What would you say to those people for, um, you know, how much th this has positively impacted your family? Yeah, man. I mean, thank you is definitely not enough. And I know a lot of those people, they're volunteering their time. So to, to see what they're doing, you know, with their own responsibilities, you know, they have other jobs and they're raising kids as well and running families and they're so passionate about what they do. Um, it makes me want to do it, right? How could you not want to do it? Just the, the the impact, the dedication. I mean, you guys have some special people. 
I mean, super special people that, again, I, I could only hope that my girls will grow up wanting to do those kinds of things. There are a lot of special people that surround Make-A-Wish, uh, including you and your husband and your family, uh, becoming advocates for us and, and uh, becoming those, those Wish family advocates that really tell the story and appearing today on this, uh, this podcast. So we appreciate you. And on behalf of you, uh, we appreciate all of the people that uh, support our organization, support this podcast, listen and share with somebody else. So thank you for being here today. And we look forward to um, many more memories that we can create for you and your family. Absolutely. Let's keep wishing on a star. Thanks to Stephanie. And thank you for listening to A World of Wishes, produced by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida. Please help support this podcast by rating, reviewing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen to our archive shows at worldofwishespodcast.org. To learn more about making wishes come true, visit us at wish.org slash SFLA.